morning. I'm going to ask you to remain standing as we sing our opening hymn, All Hail the Power of Jesus' Name. as we come to worship you this day, we thank you for the privilege of being invited into your presence and to offer you our worship, our love, our adoration. We thank you for these high school graduates, for college graduates, and for everyone else that's at a, a fork in the road and has decisions to make, Father. We pray that you will guide and sustain and bless them in a real and tangible fashion that is unmistakable and that draws them closer to you and helps them to follow you more faithfully. Help us as a church to recognize and celebrate what's transpiring before us and to give you the praise and glory as we seek a closer, more deeper fellowship with you as well. For we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. We're going to have uh, one of our graduates today who's just going to share a testimony about how God has uh, used First Baptist Church in his life. So uh, this is Hunter Honeycutt. Morning, everybody. Uh, let me first just say what a blessing and honor it has truly been to have been a part of this church. Um, ever since we moved here, I think I was two years old, I, we've been a part of this church. And um, I started kind of thinking back about what I would say to kind of some closing remarks to, to the congregation about my life here and how it's affected me. And I, I always uh, think back to the RAs, GAs days when our group was terrible. We were so rambunctious and it seemed like we never listened to anything. And we pretty much, well, we heard everything. We didn't listen to anything. Um, but uh, even then, the teachers were so diligent and uh, patient with us because they knew that even though we may not be listening, we were hearing. And that was the base, the, the framework for later on when we really decided to... Uh, to take a step in our faith, and um, now more than ever I realize that going off to college that um, it's, it's really important to have that framework because I really don't know what kind of a, a spiritual person I would be right now had I not had that because it was, it was training, and uh, just like you know with my running, it's, it's training to get to a point of spiritual maturity, and I think that our teachers and, and Sunday school teachers and youth ministers and pastors have done an incredible job of preparing us as uh, we leave off to... Um, 
to continue our faith elsewhere. And um, if, I had, if I had to s- describe uh, my experiences here with a few words, it would definitely bring up the word encouragement. Uh, it seems like this year more than ever, every time I step in the church, somebody is asking me, you know, where I was going to college. And it, I didn't really want to think about it because it is kind of a bittersweet thing, but uh, it was always an encouragement. It was, you know, well, we really hope you do good. We're, we're really praying for you. We, you know, mat- no matter what your decision is, you know, we know you'll do great. And it just really gave me a sense of, you know, confidence going forward that um, God was leading me in the right direction. So um, it is a bittersweet goodbye, and, um, but I'm really happy that I've had the opportunity to share my experiences with uh, this group of graduates. It's, uh, it's such an incredible group of kids, and I know that no matter what they choose in life, that, um, that they'll go on to do great things. And hopefully we can come back and uh, visit one day, and the church will be thriving like never before. I, I hope the youth group ha- can't even be in the JA room anymore. We have so many people, um, and I think the best years for this church have yet to come. Um, so uh, I just want to say thank you to each and every one of you that have had uh, an impact on my life that, and all our lives. I think I speak for all the graduates when I say that, um, that everyone here is, has been such a positive influence to us in our endeavors. And um, so I just want to say thank you, and uh, it's been such a blessing to be a part of this church. Good morning. Welcome to First Baptist Church. Uh, we have a special way of welcoming, uh, welcoming you. If you are our guest this morning, uh, our ushers are going to come down, and we would ask that you just remain seated for just a moment. Our members are going to stand. They're going to greet you, and we have something for you. But please stand and greet those around you. If you members stand, please. and girls how are you today good can anybody tell me why all these people are dressed funny on the front few pews here they're not dressed funny they're dressed for graduation that's right okay you know children are a lot smarter than we give them credit for don't we <laughs> thank you Keaton. all right how are y'all today you know it won't be long before y'all are sitting on these pews and you'll have gowns on and, and mortarboards and you'll be graduating from high school and Who knows what all God has in store for you, but it's exciting to think the potential that's wrapped up right here, uh, represented by y'all this morning. A.J. Marth has a Happy Club bag. He's sitting right here behind me. Let's see. It's something. You're sitting right here behind me, too. I know. All right. Let's see what A.J. brought. Spider-Man. All right, A.J., what can you tell me about Spider-Man, and why did you bring him? 
He helps and protects. AJ, you help me more than you realize. <laughs> he's, a, he's, a, he's a superhero and he does a lot to help people. And he's, he's always watching over those who are hurting and those that are scared and those that are vulnerable. And he, he is on the side of right and he comes down and he helps them and rescues them and protects them. But as good a job as Spider-Man does, you know what, AJ, he doesn't do near as good as God does. Because God is watching over not just a city, he's watching over our whole world. And he is watching and protecting and he is, he is with us. Spider-Man can't be everywhere at once, but, but God can. And God is with us. Even when we're scared, when we're lonely, when, uh, when someone tries to hurt us, we know that God can give us strength. And he can give us courage. And he can help us. So God's even better than Spider-Man, and we can thank him right now. Let's pray right now and thank God for being with us, and you, and you pray with me. Dear God, thank you for watching over us and protecting us and being with us always. Help us to place our trust in you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, AJ. There's your Spider-Man. Is there a new Spider-Man movie coming out? or You just liked him a long time. Um, I think there's a new one. There might be a new one coming out soon. All right. Well, good. Thank you for sharing. Anna? Anna, right here? Will you take the bag home, Anna Moore, and, and bring back something special next week? All right. Boys and girls, if you'd like to go to children's worship, you can go with Miss Sabina. you to stand as we sing amazing grace my chains are gone please stand
me as we go to the Lord in prayer, please. Amazing grace. We just can't hardly fathom that, Father, that you would love us so much that you would die on the cross and for our sins, and we just thank you for this. And that we know that, that beyond the cross, there's so much more, and we thank you for this, Father. We pray a special blessing on this offering as it, we come to, uh, to share with you, Father. We know that you require this. In your words, you tell us that uh, we bring our first fruit, our first gift. And, Father, we just do this with, our, uh, with thanksgiving and praise and honor. And this, this time, Father, I'd like to say a special prayer for the missionaries that are having birthdays today. We know that some of them are in harm's way across the oceans, and uh, sometimes their families are not even able to know where they're located. But you know, Father, and we just pray that you will touch them in a very special way today and know that you love them and that you will give them the power and the strength that they need to fulfill their mission. We pray this in your holy Son's name. Amen. it hard to understand and you're just not sure you have the strength to do all God commands when the task seems overwhelming you can rest within his hands for the one who called you is faithful God is faithful, he will not forget his own. God is faithful, he'll never leave you all alone. He's right beside you, waiting to guide you for the one. We are here this morning, high school graduates, to testify to the fact of God's faithfulness 
and to exhort you to be faithful to him at this crossroads in your lives. You have decisions to make, you have choices, but God is faithful. And he sends his son Jesus to our earth with one command. He says, follow me. You'll notice uh, in your bulletins this morning, our, our whole perspective on high school commencement is, is different, our baccalaureate service. Instead of a congratulations to our high school graduates, we've changed it to more of a commissioning service, recognizing the fact that our high school graduates, are, are a lot of them are leaving, are going out, um, and as missionaries, as servants of the Most High God, we want to commission them this morning and use this service more than just a congratulations, but a challenge to be faithful to the commission that God has entrusted to each one of you. Matthew 4, 18 through 22, Jesus is calling his first four apostles, and he doesn't issue a complicated or confusing, confusing challenge. He just says, follow me, plain and simple. Follow me. Matthew 4, 18 says this. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Makes sense. Their occupation was fish, fishing. They're casting their net. He said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. It's, it's amazing how Jesus always takes us where we are and then has a spiritual point to it. He takes fishermen and says, I'll make you fishers of men. Just as you're casting your net to catch fish, I will teach you how to cast a net to catch men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately, Notice both Peter and Andrew and James and John left what they were doing immediately. They left their boat and their father and followed him. Plain and simple, Jesus issues a clarion call to follow me. Peter and Andrew dropped their net immediately and followed him. James and John immediately stopped mending their net and left their father and followed him. Nothing was going to interfere in the call which Jesus issued to these four men. Shall we pray? Father, as we gather now to commission these 14 high school graduates and others among us who are graduating from college or are at a particular crossroads in their own lives, maybe there's they're somewhere down the road and there's a, a change in occupation ahead or a move or a decision. Help us to filter out all the, the disparate sounds that would confuse us and pull us off course to hear the one clear call of Jesus as he beckons us forward with the words, follow me. Father, help us to follow and leave whatever else behind that might hold us back because the one thing that matters is our relationship with you. Help us be faithful to that call now in Jesus' name. Amen. These two simple words form the focus of my message to you this morning, high school graduates. Jesus says, follow me. Now I realize if you and I were on a committee and, and we were trying to attract as large a crowd as possible and we used all of the marketing savvy and Madison Avenue uh, research that we possibly could to draw as many people as possible to follow this one call, we would never come up with something as simple as follow me. And yet Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, initiating his ministry, having just been baptized by John in the Jordan River, having finished the temptations, 
begins his ministry by drawing a few people around him. It happens to be two sets of brothers, Peter and Andrew, James and John, and they're all in the Sea of Galilee, some still casting their nets, some mending their nets at the end of the day, preparing for the next day's catch with their father. And Jesus says to them, follow me. This would not be our recommendation, but this is what Jesus issued to some fishermen. And amazingly enough, it was sufficient for them to drop everything they were doing immediately to leave their families, to leave their father in the family business, to to leave their future and follow him. Now, if you and I were to hear Jesus call, follow me, I don't know about you, but, but I would want more specifics. I need some more details, Jesus. Where are we going? When are we going to get there? What are we going to eat? Where are we going to sleep? How are we going to live? Fill in some of the, the details for me. Help, help flesh this out a little bit so it makes more sense. Because what Jesus says is not very specific. And yet he says, follow me. And these four men drop everything and do so. Maybe they were looking for something to do in their lives. Maybe they had, had become disenchanted with a fishing lifestyle. I don't think these four men were entirely at random. Maybe Jesus had met them earlier. Maybe he had seen them labor before being from, from Galilee himself. Maybe there already existed some relationship and he knew when he issued his call Maybe earlier he said, guys, when I start my ministry, you're going to be the first four I'm going to call. You be thinking about it. You be praying about it. You be open to it. And when he said, follow me, they were willing to drop everything and do so. Because whether you realize it or not, you and I are going to be spending our lives pursuing something. We're going to be spending our lives doing something. So make sure what you spend your life doing is worthwhile. Make sure what you invest your life in is going to outlive you. Is going to be something that will last longer than your 70, 80, 90, 100 years you might spend here on earth. I was talking to Catherine this week about her thoughts about graduating from college and have you had a chance to process it and she began to talk about a professor that was very meaningful in her life. And, and she said he really challenged them with a question that was kind of morbid, but it made them think. He asked, and, and I want you to answer this question too. How many of you know your grandparents' names? How many of you know your grandparents' names? Keep your hand up if you know your great-grandparents' names. How many of you know your great-great-grandparents' names? One or two of you who are invested in genealogy. But most of you don't know your great-grandparents' names. And then he said, do you realize what this means? You may have grandchildren who know you. But your great-grandchildren, and especially your great-great-grandchildren, will have forgotten you. Probably. And that may sound kind of morbid, but what his challenge was this. Invest your life in something that will outlive you. Pursue something that lasts, that has a purpose, that's not just making a salary and and achieving success and living the good life. Because those things that we pursue here on earth vanish like a vapor. Even if it's 80, 90, or 100 years, pursue the things that last forever. Devote your life to something that is worthwhile. And our desire for you high school graduates in this commissioning is to challenge you to live your lives for something that lasts. This is a commissioning service. It is a sending out for you, commissioning you to be missionaries where you are. And you may write that off, well, I'm not a missionary. Yes, you are. You don't have to go overseas to be a missionary. You don't have to stand behind this pulpit to have a ministry. We believe in the priesthood of the believer. In other words, all of us are priests. All of us have ministries. All of us have missions. We are all called by God 
to go somewhere to do something to tell someone about him. And he issues his challenge, follow me, not just to the four by the Sea of Galilee, but to us all to follow him. You're launching out and you can go anywhere and do anything and be anything you want to do. So at this particular crossroads, I want to exhort you, especially to listen to this call from Jesus for three very good reasons. First of all, I want to point out to you this morning that Jesus is life. Jesus is life. And I don't care what else you do in your, in your life, if you pursue anything that is not of Jesus, you are not living. You may think you are alive. You may be eating and breathing and sleeping and eating, but you are just existing. You're not alive unless Jesus is in your life because Jesus is life. He is the only person who can be our leader, our life's leader, because Jesus is the only leader I know of who exhibited servanthood in his leadership style. There's so many uh, dominating leaders in the, in the Middle East like Saddam Hussein and, and, uh, and others who, 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 who lorded over people and told them what to do. But Jesus is the only leader I know who in Luke 19.10 said, The Son of Man came to seek and save that which is lost. Jesus came to be our master. But in being our master, he showed us best how to be servant of all. And he said, he who would be Lord of all must be servant of all. Who would be great among you must be least among you. So if you want to have life, then you've got to follow the one who is life. He didn't say... This is the way to life. Let me point you to the way of life. Over there's life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And when he is our master and only he has a servant's heart, only his motive is love, everything else pales in comparison. I am the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus said. So follow thou me. It was a direct present tense Command, which in the Greek means it has lasting consequences. Continuing action. Follow me. Continuing following me tomorrow. Follow me the next day. Follow me the rest of your lives. Because if you intend to spend eternity with him in heaven, aligned with him in heaven, be practicing for that today. Only Jesus is life. And apart from him, there is no other. There are imposters who pretend to bring life and happiness. But they are deceitful. Jesus is life. Secondly, Jesus is light. Jesus is light. And and more than just literal light, I think Jesus is speaking figuratively here. Darkness is anything that causes Confusion. Darkness is anything that causes us to stumble. Darkness has obstacles. But when the light shines on our path, we can see where we're going. Everything becomes more clear. And there is a closer relationship that can exist. Jesus said in John 12, 46, I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. Apart from Jesus, there is darkness. With Jesus, there is light. In John 8, 12, I am the light of the world. Once again, he's not pointing to the light. He is the light. He is the source of light. He doesn't reflect light. He is the light. And when he comes into our hearts, he brings that light with him. Light provides direction. It's like a lantern that is hanging in front of us. And as long as we follow that lantern and follow that path, wherever it leads, we'll be walking closely with him. But if the lantern goes off here and, and all of a sudden we're distracted by, by this, that looks appealing over here. It's a lie from Satan and Jesus is light over here and we're following over here and we're going to be further and further away from him, deviating from the path that he has intended for us. Follow the light. Follow me. 
One man who was very successful but disenchanted with life, looking back, said, I know where all the dead-end streets are because I've been down them. He said, I'm looking for the one road that might actually lead me somewhere. I know where everything else is that fails. I'm looking for the one place that leads me somewhere. And Jesus provides the light that helps us see. This past week, we were in a restaurant and the lights were dim. Yes, I'll throw it in at Disney World. I couldn't read the menu. And Catherine, frustrated, said, Daddy, let me read it to you. So here I have a child reading, me, reading to me because the lights were dim. And I said, how in the world can you see that? Her, lights are still, her eyes are still strong enough. The light was high enough for her to read. But as we age and our eyes dim, we need more light to see. So, so let me just take that to say that the longer you live, the brighter the light needs to be in order to see Jesus. Walk closely with him and the light will shine. There's a little girl in the middle of a storm and she asked, Mama, what was God doing last night during the storm? Where was God last night during the storm? And the little girl, without hesitating, answered her own question. She said, Oh, I know. He was busy making the morning. He was busy making the morning and that's something that only God can do. He can make the sun come up every day. And he can bring light into the world to shine in the midst of our darkness. Because I have seen darkness. And so have you. And you can go into different countries around our world today and you can literally feel the darkness envelop you. It's a frightening experience. Jesus is the light. Jesus is the life. And he's calling you graduates to follow me. And the reason why is the third reason I give you here to follow him is because he will be with you. The Great Commission concludes in Matthew 28, 20. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. I am with you always. And in Habakkuk, in Hebrews 13, 5, he says, never will I leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. You might not feel his presence. He might not seem nearby. But when that happens, graduates, let me tell you, to base your relationship with God not on your feelings, not on sentiments, not on emotions that are so fickle, they're up one day and down the next like a roller coaster. Base your relationship with God on the fact of his presence with you and his promise to be with you always. And when you cling to that fact, then everything else will pale in comparison. God, I know you're here. I just don't feel you right now. But God, I'm going to base my relationship with you on the fact that you promised to be here with me. And nothing, nothing can change that. I don't know what lies down the road in your future. But I know there will be times when you feel all alone. And I know there'll be times when you're frightened. And I know there'll be times when you're uncertain. And there'll be a, a path and a fork and you don't know which one to take. But as long as you trust Jesus and say, God, I'm not sure what I'm going to do here. But I'm basing my relationship on you. And I'm going to take a step of faith. And if that's where you want me to go, confirm it. If not, close the door. And I'll back up and go down the other path. Because more than anything else in this world, God, I want to follow you. I want to be with you. Because I need you. I read of a cult group recently. And this just goes to show how desperate people are to believe anything today. A cult group, they, they surrounded themselves around a leader. They entrusted everything to him. They sold all their possessions and gave it to him. And they woke up one morning and found out he had disappeared with the cash. What a shock, right? Well, let me tell you, Jesus will never leave you nor forsake you. It's true he has ascended to his Father on heaven, but even in his absence he has left a comforter because he's promised not to leave us comfortless. And he left behind the cross 
as a sign of commitment and obligation and a promise. He said, when I leave, I will return again. And it's a promise that he will bring to pass. He's coming back. But in the meantime, we have the presence of the Holy Spirit to provide us the life and the light and his presence here with us always. Graduates, you're going to have a lot of things clamoring for your attention in the next few years. A lot of you are going to be off on your own for the first time. You're going to be making decisions for yourselves. And like Hunter said, we, we hope that the foundation that you have established here will be firm and secure enough to know which path to take where God is saying, follow me. And when you hear those words, nothing else will matter. Because three very good reasons why you should consider following Jesus. He is life, he is light, and he is here with you. So I hope as you launch out here this morning, you have a traveling companion with you. And he is all you will ever need. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. And he will provide you the life that you seek and the light that you need with the assurance that he will be with you. He says, follow me. And like Peter and Andrew and James and John and millions since then, he'll be with you. And he'll give you a purpose and a passion that will make life worthwhile. And even if in a couple generations no one can remember your name, that'll be fine. Because it'll be etched in eternity. And what you will have done in heaven will far exceed anything you could ever hope to do here on earth. Shall we bow together? Father, as we come today to celebrate the 12 years of accomplishment for these 14 graduates seated in front of us, we remember our own milestones in the past and decisions that we've made, some of them good, some of them not quite as good, mistakes and failures we've made, for which you have freely offered forgiveness and we've received it. Today, Father, we would want to spare these graduates those same mistakes and help them follow that narrow path that leads upward to salvation and only that path. So shine your light brightly and place that light within each of them that as we commission them this day to go out and be a light that shines in a dark world, be such an important part of that life that it will shine brightly enough to draw others unto the cross and to you. For it's in Jesus' name we make our prayer. Amen. A good hymn of decision this morning is number 287, Take My Life and Lead Me, Lord. It's an opportunity for you to decide wherever you are what you're going to do about the future. If you have sought a life and a light and a relationship elsewhere, now's the time to place it in the only person who can offer you those, those things is no one else. Only Jesus. He says, follow me. And he gives you the opportunity to do so this morning. Responding in faith confessing that faith publicly, rededicating your life, joining this church. Please come forward as we stand together and sing Take My Life, number 287. I'll be at the front to receive you as we stand and sing.
thank you so much. As we enter that segment of our worship for the commissioning, we ask you to be seated. We're going to introduce you to the graduates and their parents. And uh, I hope you have the insert in your bulletin where the responsive reading, you'll be asked to uh, participate in that in a few minutes. Well, I'm going to be uh, introducing these students, and I just want to say just a word. You know, we are doing this different this year, and a lot of folks are wondering why. And to be honest with you, I, I think it's something that's long overdue. Um, across our nation, graduates, you may not know this, but only about 10% of the students that graduate from high school are involved in church when they're in college. That's unacceptable. And even those that stop going, not even half ever return. That is unacceptable. We're losing half of the students that grow up in our churches. We're just basically losing them. But it goes more, guys. It goes more than just whether or not you go to church. Every year, our world is becoming more and more dark. By that, I mean that every year, the number, the percentage of people that know Jesus smaller and smaller and if you live in this country you'd have to be blind to not see how we're becoming more and more secular every year I'm going to tell you all the world needs you with Jesus living through you it needs it where are you the schools you go to they need you with Jesus living through you the jobs that you'll eventually get and the places that you'll live and raise your families they need you because the world is becoming more and more dark. So this morning, what we're doing is we're not re- having you come up here and shaking your hand and patting you on the back. We're sending you out. One day your parents brought you in here or to some other church, maybe if you grew up in another church, but one day they brought you in and they dedicated you. Well, today it's kind of like the we're sending you out. We're sending you out just like that. They brought you in. Now we're sending you out. And so we're going to ask your parents or your family to stand with you. I'm going to call the names of these folks. And then I'm going to call also the parents or the people that will be standing with them. And I would challenge the people of this church to take to keep this with these names of these students and to be praying for them, not just today, but all of next year while they're in college, their first year, or if they're in a uh, have gone into the workforce, that you'd be praying for them. So if you guys want to uh, stand up, and I will call you, and then you'll just kind of proceed on up here, and your parents too, okay? I'll go ahead. Okay, Kirby Bostick, standing with her, or Mike and Phyllis Bostick. Jesse Carpenter, standing with him, or Cal and Teresa Carpenter. Dixon Fletcher, standing with him, or Brenda and Sloan Fletcher. Hunter Honeycutt. Standing with him are Lee and Marcy Honeycutt. Hayden Jones, standing with him are Bill and Tracy Jones. Peyton Mann, standing with him are Terry and Karen Mann. Michael Massey, standing with him are Robert and Heidi Massey. Emily McCaskill, standing with her are John Dean and Tracy McCaskill. Medford McDonald, standing with him are William and Lynn McDonald. Brooks McGahee, standing with him are Paul and Rita McGahee. Carly Miles, standing with her are John and Jackie Miles. Joe William Sheffield, standing with him are Joe and Susan Sheffield. Deanne Taylor, standing with her are Dell and Pam Taylor. Ramsey Willis, standing with him are Mike and Kim Willis. you have your responsive readings ready, this is going to be a little more complicated because it's a, it's a commitment between us as a church, between the parents and the graduates for commissioning. Graduates, you have grown up among us through the years. We have seen you dedicated as a baby, receive your Bible as a first grader, make your profession of faith in Jesus Christ, and worship in this family of faith. We celebrate your accomplishments and, more importantly, recognize you as young adults taking your place in the world around us. We have loved you and prayed for you as you have grown into young men and women with gifts that we have proudly watched you acquire. We rejoice in your presence among us and glorify God that this day has arrived for you. 
You, our graduates, have learned and grown. You will celebrate your accomplishments as a class of young men and women. We pray you will remember the witness to the Christian faith we have entrusted to you and that you will carry it out into the world. nor forgiveness for where we have failed. Instead, we ask for your help in the transition to a new relationship. We are accustomed to seeing you as children needing parental guidance. Your growth has been quick and steady. Be patient with us as we relate to you in a new way, as adult to adult. There is a promise that God has given that he will be with us to the close of the age, that he will be our God and we will be his people, that nothing can keep us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Before you were even formed, God knew you. While you were in your mother's womb, God named you and stamped his image on you. At your birth, God breathed in you your life. You belong to him. Now go and serve him well. Shall we pray? Christian families in which these graduates have been raised, the lessons they have learned in church, in children's and youth ministries, but even more importantly, in the home. Because we know as they go out, they'll be replicating the faith they have seen and witnessed and talked about at the supper table and on the way to school and in the afternoons and evenings as they get ready for bed. Help us as a church not to forget them nor neglect them, but pray for them in the years ahead. Times of transition and challenge and change can be frightening. We ask you to be real to them. Make yourself known and help them above all else to choose to follow you and be ever close to you. Father, it is a dark world that needs the light of the Christian witness. So we send these out now to be that light, to make a difference, to testify to their faith in you, and to draw others to the truth, the light, and the life that is Jesus Christ, in in whose name we make this prayer. Amen. Will you please stand?